And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, welcome to everyone. Yes, it's another edition of the Weighing In Podcast. We've got stuff to talk about. We got boxing, MMA. My man Josh Thompson is feeling like shit, which is absolutely hysterical because he might be running off of the screen at any moment. Bro, I feel bad for you, bud. I'm sorry. It's it's coming out of both ends right now. It's not even. This is not. Just it's, don't it's do it horrible. now. Hey, is this what? Hey, just think. Just think of the views we'll get. I, if you do that right now, <laughs> I feel like it's something you put on OnlyFans. <laughs> it's like, oh. oh man, it's just I don't know, man. I had some uh, pulled pork tacos, and I start to wonder because I have uh, my buddy uh, Nawad. He doesn't eat pork, and um, and I have a brother too that doesn't eat pork. And I'm like, every time something That's like not- this happens after eating pork, I'm like, man, it's just not worth it. But those tacos well, were dude. good. I'm sorry. I was about an hour. It was it's nothing about an to hour do with after. the pork. It has to no. do with the people making it. Oh man, I don't know what it is, but I was up all night hugging the porcelain god, trying to get it out, dry heating. <laughs> the great everything god I put of in me all day. It's been horrible, John. And I'm like low energy. <laughs> like how Trump called low energy Jeb. I'm like low energy Josh today. It's just I just can't get going, man. I was laying in bed going, I got to film later. Shit. I text you guys at like three in the morning, I think. And I was like, there's just no way I'm making it to fucking filming. There's just no way. Cause we were going to film at 5 a.m. And like now it's in the yep. afternoon. I'm like, oh, I was dying. I was just dying laying there going, like, I can't. I, I'm afraid to like close my eyes. I might shit my bed. <laughs> it's just, John, I'm telling you, the things that were coming out of my mouth, I was so frustrated. Cause you know me, I like, even though like I like to have a couple whiskeys or I like to go out and I still get up and do my job. So when I can't yeah. get up and do this, I'm like, Fuck, what's wrong with you? Such a sissy. <laughs> I was, I was, sissy. was so mad at myself, but it was bad. It was better. Got some, uh, just get some, a little bit of rest. Podcast Dave was, was talking about how he never fucking falls down like that. He no, two weeks ago sick. it was he just, him. He marches on. He marches oh, geez. on. That's what he says. He marches man. on. He says, yep. This guy. See, Dave, is that what? not what you do? You march on, baby. No. Yep, yep. You know, it's in the blood. It's in the, it's blood. In the blood. Even in even when he's course. feeling good, he doesn't even like do his job very well. Dave, follow <laughs> along. Dave, <laughs> click on that guy's name. Huh? Who? Which guy? Dave, were you listening to uh, what we're doing? It's all right. How about you say a name once in a while? Oh man, I just can't with you today. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> even his texts, I was like, I'm just not in the mood for you. I can't even reply. <laughs> I just ignored him because he just gave me such a hard time and looked at my phone. I was like, please stop texting me. I don't want to hear the beep or buzz again. It's like, leave me alone. <laughs> oh, but no, not to send more. Oh, I know. I know. That's why I just said, I'm not in the mood for you and left it on silent. All right. Well, Hey, well, let's, uh, let's get into this show. And, uh, we've got a lot, we've got a lot to cover when it comes to fight talk and the recap as well as, you know, uh, what's coming up, uh, the following weekend, uh, talk about some boxing and, uh, pay some homage to one of the best running backs that ever played the game. Uh, Big John's got a couple stories about Jim Brown. Oh, man. You know, I just want to say, you know, Jim Brown, rest in peace. The man was uh, unbelievable when you think about it. The things that he did in his life. Do you realize that he retired when he was 30 years That's old crazy. from the NFL after nine seasons? 30 years old. I'm done. That's Barry Sanders. And he's still considered one of the best running backs ever and stuff. Barry Sanders, uh, 30 I got years to, old. Crazy, yeah. 
But I got to know Jim based kind of on the UFC, but kind of not. Because when I went to work you know, for LAPD, I went to what was called uh, Southwest Division first and then 77th for a short stint. And then they, they, they put you on what's called the wheel and they sent me to Hollywood Division. And when I got to the Hollywood division, a lot of the guys, I had no idea who they were, but you know, they say, Oh, you're a big guy. Yeah, you'll be going to gyms. <laughs> right. I'm like, what are they fucking talking about? Right. And that's all they kept me. Oh, you'll be going to gyms. They're going to send you to gyms. And so Jim Brown was known to have these parties. And so, yep, I got, and you, it wouldn't be sent from downtown like a normal call. It would come from the Lieutenant's office of the station that you're at Hollywood division. And he would, you know, call you in, say, hey, I need you to go. There's there's this complaint here. Boom. And so I ended up, the first time I went up there, I'd drive up to his house, right? And I have a partner and stuff. And he said, you know, need to spe uh, speak with the owner of the house, right? And it's, it's a party complaint, right? He comes out. Josh, he is dressed in a white suit, no shirt. Gold medallion on his, you know, big old chain and gold medallion hanging down, right? And I, you know, this is Jim Brown. And I'm kind of like, damn, it's Jim Brown, right? So, you know, I try to be as respectful as I can to him, you know, and stuff. And, and he looks at me, he says, well, you're a big, you're a big corn fred boy, aren't you? Right? <laughs> I go, I don't eat much corn, but, you know, <laughs> you know, Mr. Brown, I'm not saying you're doing anything wrong. You have some neighbors that are complaining. All I'm saying is just try to lower it down a little bit if you can. That way, you know, I can say that I've been up here. I've talked to you. You know, and he says, yeah, no problem. So I, he says, you, know, you take a look, right? He show, kind of shows me around, you know, his place and stuff, right? And he, he's got all these women and stuff. He's a pure pimp, man. He was pimping like a big dog, right? <laughs> no, so, no, it gets, it, this gets way better because... You know, a little bit, a couple years later, five years later, UFC 1 is going to take place. We're in Denver, Colorado, and I am down in the lobby where my wife has got this table and stuff, and uh, and Jim Brown walks into the hotel because he's going to be one of the color commentators for the, the UFC, and he's going to get his, and he looks at me, and he's, he's, he's kind of got that look like, I, I know, know you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and I kind of look over at him and give him a you know, little nod, right? And he, he goes like, you know, gives him a little finger point, like, you know, that was it, right? No big deal. And so go and st I start refing and he's doing the show and we start talking more and more. And I never say anything about, you know, you know I'd been up to his house a couple of times, you know, for calls and stuff like that. And it was after UFC six, he's there's a, the after parties like we were talking about. And he, uh, he's, he's got a girlfriend and he said, John, John, come on over here. He says, sit down with me. Come on, sit down with me. Right. I said, yeah, all right, Jim. Right. So I sit down. Right. And he says, he, he goes, he says, yeah, man, that was some great fights. You know, that damn tank. Abbott. he starts talking about tank Abbott and stuff. Right. And then he, he comes up with, he says, he goes, I would swear on my life that I've known you before this, right? And I go, well, you, you kind of had, you kind of did. Yeah. He goes, all right, where? And I go, well, Jim, you live at, and I go, blah, 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 and I, mm -hmm. I put out his address, right? And Sunset Plaza Drive was the, you know, the street yeah. he's on, right? And he goes, 
how do you know that? I said, remember that big corn-fed white boy who would come up in the police <laughs> uniform and tell you to kind of hold it? He goes, motherfucker. <laughs> right? And I go, yep, that was me. He goes, well, I got to tell you, you know what? You, you, were, you, were, you, were, you, were, you handled it the right way. He goes, I was always impressed because you were very respectful. I said, well, I appreciate that. But, and then we went on from there. But That's he had funny. no idea that I was that police officer. So that, yep. how, do you, how do you mistake you, though? At that time in, your, like in the early UFCs, you were big. You were really big. Yeah. Fucking yeah, your arms. He, dude, he sees, he sees big people all the time. You know, he, the, the problem was he had beat the shit out of a couple of L.A. coppers because <laughs> things they, they wanted to do something. He said, I ain't fucking doing it. Oh, <laughs> Thumped them. So then. You know, but he was always a great guy. Always, you know, even when I was the police officer, he was super, you know, straight, you know, talked to you good. But when I got to know him with the USC, just a pleasure to be around. You know, he really just cared about other people and wanted people to uh, to have a good life, do things right, uh, be smart about the way they did things. He helped a lot of kids, man. He helped a lot of people. So activist in a lot of ways. You know, stood up for himself, was always a man's man. I really, uh, I appreciate the fact that he lived a, a great life, a long life, and he was, he deserves the respect that uh, people give him because he was special. Yeah, I hope I can live to 87. I mean, dude, there's like, no oh, wow. freaking way I'm going to make 87. <laughs> <laughs> man, I, I remember I... Uh, the first time I ever saw him when I was a kid, and he was I think he was done playing by the time I was watching football and understood it. Um, but it was I'm gonna get you, sucker. The movie he <laughs> was in that movie, and it was it was a kind of like a, a little bit like an Austin Powers kind of movie, but it was kind of funny, you know, with, with some funny stuff. But yeah, it was the first time I'd ever seen him, and then I started following him a little bit and started watching back some of his old uh, football stuff. But yeah, yeah, same here. I've never met him. I watched. I watched you know, the first time I saw him. He was an actor, mm. right? And he, was, he was. I always kind of looked at you know guys that were you know bigger and you know, you know that always impressed me. It's like he's muscular and stuff. And so I, mm -hmm. you know, I saw him. And the first one was it was an army movie. Then he was a cowboy, and uh, in a western and stuff. And he was always just like cool. So John just admitted that he's checking out other dudes. <laughs> Yep, I was when I was a kid. Absolutely, no always looking at it like the bigger dudes, you know, just kind of the muscular yeah. guys. The ones okay, there are because there was a couple. There was, I'm trying to think of the names. God damn, there was uh, Clint. Something was one of them. It wasn't Clint Eastwood, but he. he I would was hope you remember Clint Eastwood's name. <laughs> it was. He was Clint a muscular, muscular guy. Played cowboys a lot. Then there was William Smith. William Smith was a bigger guy. Uh, William Smith actually played in movies with Clint Eastwood and stuff. He was like, a, remember the uh, Clint Eastwood movies, Any Which Way But, but Loose? He had, he had the orangutan with him. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right Turn Clyde. <laughs> yeah, Right Turn Clyde. Well, the William Smith, there's William Smith. Yeah. William Smith go. was one of the guys that he fought in those. Yeah, there he is with yeah. the thing, right? Yep. He was a, he was a big time kind of like muscular guy. So I, when I was a kid, he was cool. Yeah, it was, um, I don't know, I, I, I want to go back and be able to watch a lot of the old football 
days, you know, to, to be able to watch Gale Sayers, to be able to watch Jim Brown, to be able to watch even Eric Dickerson, you know, was, I remember watching him when I was a kid, but you know, Sayers and Brown, those, those guys were done. I almost done or done when I finally started getting into football. So, um, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's sad when you, when you lose somebody who kind of had an impact, not just on, you know, on the sport, but kind of across the nation, because like you said, he was a little bit of an activist and, uh, but in a positive way. So he did a lot of good Holy. things for his community. So, yeah. um, Amer I can, that was, that was, that was the organization that he ran. It was American, so American, but you know, so that one of the things. Do you, do you realize that that dude was in the Hall of Fame for lacrosse? Your son plays lacrosse now. That's why yeah. I'm telling you. No, I didn't know that. He played at Syracuse. He was he was one of the best lacrosse players ever. That dude was just a stud athlete. It doesn't surprise they actually, me. They put him in the lacrosse Hall of Fame. You know, can you imagine though being? Um... Like being in the Hall of Fame for football, whatever it is, and retiring at thirty, that's crazy. Like yeah. if he would have played another five years, like oh. historic, like what he would have achieved, you know, historically. He had eighteen. I can't remember exactly. Dave could look it up. It was twelve thousand something was his total yardage. He averaged like five point one yards a carry, wow, or something like that throughout his career. Mm-hmm. And he he somewhere in the. Yes, with over 12,000 rushing yards. You figure he had at least five good years oh, at least. left Yeah, when he left. And the other part was, you know, he was 245 pounds when linemen weren't that big at times. Wow. So the guy, you know, he was just a monster that could run fast, run over people and stuff. You know, he, he would have – people talk about the records and everything – yeah, people passed him, but not many people that uh, could compare for the the length of time that he actually played. He go back then; the seasons were the you know 12, how many 13. games were the seasons? It was like twelve. It was like twelve or thirteen. I think fourteen. I think yeah. Yeah, I think it was thirteen because the games. the Miami Dolphins they won the Super Bowl and that was the thirteen and zero season, and that's still the only undefeated season. So it's thirteen and zero. Really, that was I thought it was that was the 82, was 82 Dolphins. I thought they were seventeen and zero. Uh no, 13. fourteen and I, I think it was fourteen and zero. Look at the Dave. regular season, two playoffs in the AFC Super Bowl. I think seventeen and zero. I'm going with it. I think it's thirteen. Tell, oh, Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami, Pay attention, okay. buddy. Undefeated season. Miami Dolphins. Seventeen and zero. You're saying thirteen? Yeah. Thir- oh, seventeen and zero. You are right. So then maybe the, so then the season was just 13, 13, and then the playoffs. 14. Got 14, it. 14. 14. It was? Okay. 14. I thought it was 13 and 0. Anyways. That was the, uh, what year was that? Was that the, oh, 72? 72. 70, I thought it was, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. I thought it was 82. Gosh, man. I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, but. I, was, I remember that season. <laughs> <laughs> Old man. Oh, yep. man. Um. Yeah, the only other running back that I really think um, the short duration would be Barry Sanders. You know, he he retired, I think, when he was 30 as well, out of Detroit. And um, I had so there, far... There was, a, yeah. there was a couple guys that you could look at. and you could, Herschel Walker was very mm-hmm. similar to Jim Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, the strength, the speed. Um, Earl Campbell was another one who was, was like a Jim Brown. Mm-hmm. 
just you know, ran ran through people. Yeah, Christian Okoye for the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, it was that's what got I'll me. I'll never forget a Chiefs fan, dude. I was a young, I was a young police officer. I was just married, living in Covina, California, and I'm on my motorcycle and I'm driving up. I can't remember what damn street it was, but I see this dude running. Right. And I, and I look in this and I had heard about this guy who was playing at Azusa Pacific was the school he was playing for, which was right up the street. And I see this guy running. He's got these small blue dolphin running shorts because that's what guys wore back then. Right. Oh, yeah. There's photos of you and, wearing some. <laughs> yeah, baby. And no, no shirt. I'm right? going to get that and photo I, one of these days. <laughs> and I see this guy running toward and I stop that bike to look and say, holy Christ, yeah. that dude is put together. You know, he was 265 pounds without an ounce of fat on him. John, checking out guys. He was again. amazing. Yeah, <laughs> checking out guys again. There you go, now, baby. He's the reason why I started becoming a Chiefs fan. I just the way he would just he remember he had the big shoulder pads, the neck roll, oh, the neck and roll, would, yep. and he would just just run people over. He'd hit the hole and just yep. explode through it. And I just loved watching him just try to run people over. It was awesome. Who was the? Oh, there was the dude who was played for the Denver Broncos. Number 27. He was a safety. Atwater. What the? F- Atwater. Atwater. Steve Atwater <laughs> had a collision with him that was yeah. freaking epic. Yeah. These, I remember that. I remember that. It's just, man, they, that guy could hit. It was him and Rodney oh. Lott. Those two guys were just the, yep. they were the hitters. Yeah. No doubt about it. <clears throat> um, that dude was a stud. Yeah. Herschel was telling me stories about uh, Barry, uh, Barry Sanders. And he's like, man, I'd never seen a running back do what Barry Sanders has done. He's, he's, he thinks Barry Sanders is the greatest running back ever. He would run into a hole as a linebacker would be running forward. And he would back out and change angles yep. before change that linebacker could, could run after him yeah. forward. He was just so good. I mean, he retired at 30. He could have been, he could have definitely. Barry Sanders played. had more negative yardage runs than any other running mm-hmm. back yeah because he wouldn't try to make things happen and stuff but no it's because he, he was on a shitty him. ass team that's why oh, yes. oh yeah dude no kidding yeah. oh the history he of the detroit phenomenal. lions can you imagine that team had barry sanders calvin johnson the probably the second best receiver ever in history is calvin johnson and he retired yep. young and barry sanders retired young they just got tired of losing and they got yeah. frustrated with the sport. I bet you they would have played a lot longer had they went to a different team that had their shit. But the Lions are getting better now. They are. They are. Their draft Dan wasn't Campbell. great. We'll be yeah. interested to see how their draft how their draft translates. They took a running back in the first round. I mean, I think he's a great running back. I'm not denying that. But yeah, it used to, okay. It used to be that running backs in the first round were a common thing, mm-hmm. big thing. Boy, how times have changed. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you get a good running back though in the fifth, sixth round. You know, it really just comes down to your play schemes and how you call it, and you know, and they know their yep. running backs are kind of beaten up so much by the time they're thirty, thirty-two, that they're just not worth it. You only have them for a couple of years. Oh man! All right. Well, hey, rest in peace, Jim Brown, and best of luck. I have yes, a Jim sir. Brown jersey with a photo of him signing the jersey, so that just went up in price. Also, <laughs> that's going to be. Uh, let's talk <laughs> about not UFC. The way to look at it. Is this the UFC what Apex? Yep, UFC Apex. Yeah, I don't know what it's called, Vegas. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and talk uh, some fights. But before we do that, go to holyfans.com slash Wayne in and uh, subscribe to us over there. It is free and put in your fan questions uh, available only on holyfans.com slash Wayne in. All right, let's go ahead and get in this. Mackenzie Dern versus Angela Hill was the main event for UFC Fight Night or UFC Vegas Apex, whatever you want to call it. 
John, what you got? I'll tell you what. I was not, I was, I looked at that fight. I was like, eh. it was a hell of a fight. I'll tell you what, Angela Hill, who I've, I love anyways, and she knows it and I've talked to her about it. She's just, I think, uh, you talk about a true fighter and, you know, we were talking about certain people and she's, that person is really not a fighter. Angela Hill, God damn it. I don't care if you win or lose. You are a fighter. You are a stud. You'd have heart for days because nothing was going her way in that fight. The second yes. round, she did good. You know, I, I, she had a good round in the second round. But other than that, man, she fought her ass off getting out of bad spots. I mean, she took huge. That knee she took. I'm shocked she was able to to, yeah. to weather that. That was huge. And I, give it up for Mackenzie Dern. She was aggressive. She came out after. She landed the cleaner shots in the stand-up. When it hit the ground, she was working hard. But God damn it. Yes, Angela Hill lost. But what a freaking performance in heart and just I will not quit. I will not give in because she could have given in at mm -hmm. any time. Yeah, it's like in three I, of the rounds, she was almost submitted at the very end at the bell. And it's like two or three of the rounds. And so she yep. could have just been like, ah, it's not going my way. Just give the arm, tap, get out of here. She didn't. Yep. Nope. And that's, we've seen we've seen a lot of fighters. I don't want to I don't want to say that takes balls, but man, whatever it takes, she had it. Because hey. you know, <laughs> this day and age, say whatever you want. I know. <laughs> Um, but man, I, just unbelievable amount of courage because that's courage because yeah. things are not going your way and you have the way to get out and you know, it's there and you don't take it. Yeah. I spent the, the last week when we were doing the, the lead up to this fight, I was like, Angela Hill on the feet is going to be the better fighter within yeah. that first two and a half minutes. She's yeah. the more technical striker, but the way that yeah, McKenzie Dern throws with everything behind it, super aggressive, it flusters technicians. Like, you know, Angela Hill mixes everything up, punches, kicks, knees. Just But when you have someone like Mackenzie Dern who just comes in and is really overcommitting to her boxing and just letting it all hang out and hoping that you'll push to the clinch so she can drag you to the ground, that's a great, that's a great way of fighting for someone who is that good on the ground for Mackenzie Dern. And as soon as she started getting hit, Angela Hill... <clears throat> She went right to clinching, right to pressing under the fence. I think she thought she'd be the better fighter in that position. She was at moments, but the majority of the time, Mackenzie was like, I don't care if I get taken down. I'm okay being down there. I know yeah. you're not going to try to take me down. So I just got to make space, throw elbows in, on the break and, and try to let something go off the break. And she did a great job. I mean, the, this was a fantastic fight. It actually li lived up to um, more than what I thought it was going to be. I mean, because Angela Hill just showed that she's a dog. I know it was kind of one-sided, but Angela Hill showed that she was a dog. Like, she's somebody that just doesn't matter. You could have my arm almost straight. She was defending sometimes just one arm. I was surprised that McKenzie couldn't finish, which yeah. was really shocking. So, but, yeah. uh, you know, can't take anything away from her. What I heard, though, before the uh, fight was Angela Hill was just, she gets so frustrated because it doesn't matter how good she performs. She doesn't. She gets no love in the uh, in the ranking. She gets no love from the press. She gets no love from the media. But she's she's a dog, man. She's someone that comes out, 
lays it all out there every single time. She's lost some very questionable decisions, you know, in yep. close fights that could have, would have catapulted her up to the top rankings. And, um, you know, but she came up short again. It's She's almost at a 500 record, John. But she's fought everyone, and she takes it all. Yeah. She'll take fights on short notice. She'll, you know, she'll take the best fights, and knowing this Whoosh. probably doesn't stylistically doesn't match up well for her. She she fights everyone. Uh, how many ten eight rounds? Mm. At least two. I, I had yeah. two, and it could have been three. Yeah, it could have been three, but I said at least two. Yeah. Yeah. Because you take a look at that, the first round was close, and I almost pulled the trigger on it. And I go, eh, she she had her moments in the stand up. She was doing okay. You know what? It's a ten eight five. I can't go all the mm-hmm. way to ten eight, so it's ten nine. Yeah. Uh, one of the judges did. The other two had two ten eight rounds. One had three ten eight rounds, and mm. they're all right as far as yeah. I'm glad that they pulled the trigger because they don't do that in. <clears throat> Nevada, mm-hmm. you know, very often it's kind of changed a little bit there and stuff. And it was, you know, you can't have those kind of rounds where you have someone being put and hit with big elbows, no offense, and almost submitted, put into bad positions throughout mm-hmm. the entire round and not give a 10 8. So, yeah. I mean, the, the scores were kind of, they, they all, I think they all gave Angela Hill the second round. And uh, other than that, you know, Mackenzie Dern just dominated that fight. And she looked fantastic. You got to give it to her. No, she did. She did. Um, you know, her problem is until she gets better at actually working at getting takedowns to utilize her grappling, I mean, she's uh, her ceiling is not as high as it could be. She's got to work more on her judo. She's got to work more on her wrestling uh, to get these things to the ground because she's going to come up against fighters that have good takedown defense and that are better than her on the feet because she's, she's, she's not a great boxer or kickboxer she does mix no, she's it up an well. aggressive one she's, she's an aggressive, an aggressive one fighter. she'll walk in she'll take a shot to deliver a shot she'll take a she, shot she swings a little wild she swings a little uh, loopy you know um yep. she's got some power she's got some speed for sure but she's gonna run into someone who's just a little bit better than her all the way around in terms of on the feet and she, and she has no wrestling well, she already has ground. yeah you know, she has when she fought yep. Jan, that was one of those ones you looked at, you know, she could not get Jan on the ground. And on the feet, Jan throwing straight shots, mm-hmm. you know, lit her up a lot. So, you know, it's, but you got to look and say, I see improvements in her. Oh, yeah. From what she's been doing. I'm seeing improvements and she's making those, those steps towards, you know, fixing those problems. And so mm-hmm. just a great performance by Mackenzie Dern. But I got I, Angela Hill. You are a monster. I just, the heart and just the desire to not give in. You are something special. Yeah. Uh, Next fight. Ah, we had a very good fight between Anthony Hernandez and Edmund Shabazian for about three minutes. And at that point, Anthony Hernandez just took over. And he started just lighting Edmund Shabazian up because Edmund was actually doing better in the standup. He was like, he was had the cleaner shots. And as soon as Anthony has started to really push the, the pace with the grappling and get into Shabazian and make him work, you just saw how the momentum changed and you saw how the, the flow of the fight 
just got away from Edmund Shabazian and Anthony just kept that foot on the pedal and just kept going after him. You know, even when he was taken out of positions based upon, you know, the end of the round, right back to it and the next start of the round and stuff. And, you know, we talked about him and, you know, that he doesn't get enough credit. That some bitch can fight. He's good. And he's going to be a problem for a lot of people. I agree with you 100%. I think what he's also done very well is he's weaponized his cardio, which is really yeah, what it was. Absolutely. He fought that first three minutes at such a pace. And Shabazzian thought he could keep up. And as the three-minute, four-minute mark happened, he just realized, oh, man, <coughs> deep breath. This ain't going to work out for me. And he, he just started shutting down as the fight went on. Sorry, yeah. guys. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I got to be careful how much I burp and cough because... <laughs> Um, I'm telling but, you, it's going to be the most watched it podcast. It comes out. Oh, I know. Uh, but, but Fluffy, um, what I like is he had some good um, off the breaks. He had some really good elbows. Oh, yeah. And Shabazzian just had no answer for it. He thought, okay, we're we going to break. We about exiting. Yes. Damage yeah. off the exit. exit is really important. It not only just leaves the last in, the last impression to the judges that you were the ones that you're the one that won the exchange. Yep. But it also lets the also fighter know an that impression they, on your opponent that he can't rest. There's no time to rest. I'm not letting you rest. When we break, I'm breaking. I and I continue to push on you. And yeah. Anthony Hernandez just had a good game plan. He just kept coming forward. He just and once the fight hit the ground, he was just all over him. Top position, big elbows, did some work. He, he he really impressed me. I got to be honest, really impressed me. Boy, he looked great. I mean, like, Shabazzian is, you know, someone that I've, I've been watching for a long time when he was a kid. And, uh, you know, big big thoughts about, you know, hey, this, this kid is going to be special. You know, and when he came into the UFC, they, you know, they, they kind of fast-tracked him. And... He, I really thought that, you know, the change of gym was a very good thing for him. Uh, he was now working out at Extreme Couture and stuff. And people are going to sit there and take and look at this and say, oh, he's not that good. Um, he's a good fighter. He's still young. He's a good fighter. He's exactly. And he's got a long, you know, uh, career ahead of him. He's just got to settle down in the fights and be able to control that pace at times. It's tough against some, somebody like Hernandez, but... Edmund Shabazzian is still going to have a really great career. Yeah, I think so too. He's just, <clears throat> I've said this for the longest time. You need to make sure that your priority is sure. Learning the techniques be, become a technician. So you're not wasting energy. You know, when you're on the ground flailing about trying to get out from bottom, use the techniques properly. And the best way to learn them properly is to be, always make sure you're in shape. Your brain absorbs the knowledge a lot better when you're not tired. So if you're in practice trying to learn how to do sweeps or certain types of setups and you're too exhausted to really like get your body moving, your brain's not actually processing how to do these techniques when you're exhausted. That's why you need to make sure that when you're learning that you're always in pretty decent shape so you can achieve these moves while you're exhausted and tired. So when you get in the fight, you understand what it's going to take to do that move. He just doesn't seem like... He's okay. He's the fight IQ is not there. He's just he's still okay with Brandon to Anthony Hernandez. 
Oh, you know what? You want to fight at a fast pace? I'm going to fight that too. No, 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 no. You need to fight your fight. Don't fight your yep. opponent's fight. You need to go out That's there right. and, and fight at the pace that you need to fight at. And so it just, it, you could tell right as soon as he started getting tired, it's like, oh, he's done. He's done. And then Anthony Hernandez just saw the break a little bit in him and he just oh, he he saw amped it up. He amped it up yeah. even more. Absolutely. So uh good good yeah. stuff on Anthony Hernandez. Shabazian definitely will will continue to fight, but he's got to make some tweaks and some changes and learn how to control the tempo of the fight. You can't let your opponent do that. Yeah. Josh, did you see um did you see Anthony's post fight presser? No, what'd he say? Someone asked him, Hey, how do you um <clears throat> what's the deal with your cardio? Why is it like why is it so good? And he replied I jerk off with a snorkel. <laughs> <laughs> what an animal. I'm gonna, oh, I'm, so I'm gonna give that a try. <laughs> <laughs> Only available on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh next. We had Lupita Godinez against Emily Dakota. And I think we both kind of looked at this as uh Godinez coming in. She was a eh, two week replacement or something like that. So she didn't have a camp in this, but she really was the aggressor in the fight for a lot of it. Um, Dakota actually lost first round. She started coming back. She did much better. She got better in the fight. She just, she's waiting, Mm -hmm. waiting, waiting all the time. And, and that was a big problem for her. You know, she was trying to be the the counter fighter Mm -hmm. while she was getting hit. She would try to counter and then, at times, Godinez would counter her counter and land the clean shot mm-hmm. and exit out of it. There was, you know, some shots that, you know, Dakota did a good job, landed stuff. She just, she needed to get that fight to the ground, and she didn't have the ability to get uh, Lupita there in any fashion. Yeah. <clears throat> I was texting you during the fight, and I'm like, yep. it wasn't until this fight, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, it wasn't until this fight that I realized that Emily Cody, she is really good all the way around. I just don't see her. She She's not a fighter. And I know that's harsh words. Like she's in there. Yeah. She can take shots. She can exchange shots. But John, when there's two minutes left in the third round and you still, you need to win this round. And she's still just trying to do one, one, two. She's not taking chances. She's not, she's not stepping outside that box. To really try to get that win. And it just, it wasn't, I, cause we had seen her, I'd seen her fight in Bellator when she was over there. And then, you know, I've seen her fight for years and she's, she's yeah. good on the feet. She's got good takedown defense. She's not bad from the top position. She's a very well-rounded fighter, but in this fight, it just, you could tell like the fight was close. Every round was close and she was okay with, okay, I don't need to do any more to decisively win this round. And she just, there was no effort. Yeah, she, she, did. yeah she needed to do, she needed to do more, yeah. but she didn't do it. And that was my point. Like she, she was okay with letting the round slip away by just little margins. And so I was like, man, like it just, I was like, man, that makes me think, are you really a fighter? Like she can take a shot. She'll deliver a shot. But as she starts getting hit more, she kind of shells up a little bit and then goes back to just her basics of one, two right hand, left hand. You know, she's just trying to pot shot, not really putting herself out there to try to get the win and get the finish. So uh, I don't want to rag on her. Uh, Lupita did a great job, you know, coming in on short notice. I said this in the uh, pre-fight stuff for last week. I said, I go, she really um, 
is someone that puts a lot of pressure, and I've seen the Cody kind of shelter back a little bit when someone Will pressures her. The pressure. Yep, and so that's what uh, Lupita had to do was just kind of come out, throw heavy shots. After she landed a couple big shots, you saw Emily Cody just kind of back away and just try to control the pace and the tempo of the fight. She didn't want to put herself out there, take chances to try and get the finish. And that cost her, that eventually I think that's going to start costing her almost all these fights. Ah, the fight that I wanted to bet on, but we didn't. <sighs> this is why. This is why I don't bet on my friends, man. This is why, uh, dude. It was, hey, he was fighting a good fight. He was actually fighting, in my opinion. Andre Fialu was fighting one of the better fights I've seen him. He was not in any way overextending, which a lot of times he does. Uh, he was fighting controlled. Buckley was actually starting to overextend in a lot of them, in a lot of the engagements and stuff. But Buckley landed that head kick. It was at the right time. It was clean. And uh, there there didn't even need to be any follow-up on it. No, there didn't need to be. Um, look, it was a very it was a very fun fight up until yeah. up until the knockout. I saw a little bit of a headbutt though, right before the head kick. And yep. whether he you stopped think, it for it. What's that? Yeah, he stopped yeah, it. Yeah, and that's what happened. Kerry like, Hadley stopped it. Based and on with if you get headbutted, give yourself a second. He rushed back yeah. in, and I'm not saying that's like it made it easier. I mean, he took the shot right to the right to the dome, you know. And it just, but if you have a second, let your give your give your head a second to rest. Give your clear but do thoughts. you think? Do you think that in his head, he you know Buckley was u- utilizing a lot of movement stuff, and he wanted to have that pressure on him to where he couldn't rest i understand what you're saying but the more time he took the more rest buckley would get i understand what you're saying but remember that he did the same thing earlier with the eye poke he rushed back in no i'm good i'm good and it just it was like look if you're give yourself a second i'm not saying you need to take the full five minutes but give yourself a second to really kind of regroup refocus it's already distracted you i mean he's pulled up short you know while both of those now were like he got headbutted a little bit and kind of got poked in the eye it starts to become a little frustrating and so give yourself a second i know that joaquin buckley's got power he's explosive he does tend to slow down but with fialo he's got to start opening up more tools also he's got great kicks very rarely uses them he's got good wrestling very rarely uses it. he's got a blast double that's phenomenal never uses it like at least get Buckley thinking about the takedown and then that'll slow his hands up a tiny bit to land your big shots. Cause what, what Fialo does have, he's got big power, you know, and he just, but if you're, if you, if I know you're only going to box the fear makes it a lot easier. Yeah. It makes it a lot easier. I only have to game plan for one thing. You, he's got to start utilizing all of his tools because these guys are catching on to him, you know, and Buckley looked, I thought he looked great at welterweight and good to see him back down there. You know, he was that tweener and he, the best part is he utilized wrestling. Now, Fialu in the the first one popped right back up, mm-hmm. but at least puts it in his head. Oop. Yeah, he's gonna try to take me down. I got to think about it. Yep. I don't know, but uh, I don't know what Fialu is gonna do from there. I know they're gonna keep having him because he is he is entertaining. Whether he gets a knockout or he gets knocked out, <clears throat> you know. But I mean, yep. he's been knocked out a couple times now. I get a little worried about him, <clears throat> and not and yep. not like great ones either. They've been some nasty ones. So, and this one was not a good one. <clears throat> no. Sorry, John. I'm trying and to neither, hold it together for you right now. <laughs> and, ne- and neither was the next one because Diego Fiera against Michael Johnson. I'll tell you what. 
Fierro looked just phenomenal. He looked great in there. I thought he, he looked did composed. Too. He looked relaxed. I thought he did too. I thought, but I thought Michael was winning the fight up until that moment. It was close, but Diego just didn't have as much output as he needed. Michael was landing the good shots. There was some good back and forth, but I had Michael winning the fight up until that moment. But geez, man, ooh, lights out. Like it gave me the lights flashbacks out. of uh, when he fought Josh Emmett, you yep. know? And the, the, sorry, the crazy part is, is that he's, he's been looking good as he's gotten older, which is crazy. Yeah. You know, like he's, he's made some adjustments, made some changes, just got clipped, man, got caught. And um, I had him winning the fight up until that moment. It was close, but like I said, I had him winning that fight up until the moment. I don't know. Where does he go from here now? He's 38, 37, 38, I think. How old is Michael Johnson yeah, there? he's got to be. 36. 36. He's still got some time. 36, 37. Take some time off, though. Rest the brain, buddy. Boy, don't, doesn't don't rush back. And don't let this thing fool you. See this 21 and 19? Don't let it fool you. He's fought everyone. I mean, outside of like oh. Dustin Poirier and, you know, and Max Holloway. I mean, I don't know other guys that have fought everybody. This guy's fought everyone, you know, and never yep. turns down fights. You know, I was scheduled to fight him, and uh, he pulled out with like two weeks left to the fight. Said he had an injury. I have my other thoughts, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a he's a fantastic fighter, man. Fantastic fighter. Good win for Diego. But big though, win for track. Diego Ferreira. Yep. Ah, I'll tell you the one that this this was the fight that Borachev against Mahashate mm-hmm. was you know, I knew it was going to be a stand-up battle. I was surprised at how effective Borashev was throughout with his stand-up because he landed the heavier blows mm-hmm. throughout the fight. Uh, he got the eye poke. That bothered him, and you know he got poked good, so that changed a little bit. But overall, you know... He, Came in as a kickboxer. He's been working with, you know, alpha male team in Sacramento and stuff. But, God damn, I'll tell you what, that right hand he hit him with, Josh, Mm -hmm. that was as flush as you will see. It was freaking devastating. I think a lot of that was set up with some of the body work he was doing earlier. He hit the body a couple times. It kind of started... Mahashat's uh, started dropping his elbows just a tiny bit, which exposed him a little bit more of the face. And just throwing the feints, throwing, you know, pretending you're going to go to the body, coming back up to, to the top. <clears throat> Once you land a good body shot, one or two of them, now that fighter starts thinking, okay, keep elbows down, hands start to get a little bit lower. They're more concerned about getting hit to the body than they start losing focus on up top. And that's, I think that's a lot of what helped, <clears throat> helped set this up. So, but I mean, I fantastic, fantastic shot and uh, the way to finish it. And it was, uh, it was shaping up to be a pretty good fight, you know, and then uh, boom, boom, all done. <laughs> Boy, big. Uh, next fight. That, that, that was one where you look and you go, yeah, there didn't need to be any follow up no, no. for that. Uh, there was, but there didn't need to be. I felt the uh, same Carolina. way about the Fiala one. The Fiala one, there was no need for the follow up. Oh, yeah. I know. I you agree. Know? Carolina Kovacavich going up against Vanessa Demopoulos. I'll tell you what, this is where we, we say it all the time. Stop throwing just one twos. You've got to throw threes and fours. And this is the fight if you're going to show somebody, 
Carolina kept on throwing at least three, and she kept blasting her with mm. the right hand over and over and over, especially the third shot she would throw. Mm. And Demopoulos was just unable to figure it out throughout. You know, she would try to counter, and here comes that last shot, landed clean. And, and Carolina looks really good for, for mm. someone that went through a real hard, you know, section of her career i think four four or five losses in a row um man she's looking good right now she she fought really composed fought well look at that five losses in a row yeah but look who they're at look who they're against absolutely you take take a look at all of the fighters that you know was against and you can say the jessica penny one was a split oh no it was an arm bar sorry there was one that that jessica was was involved in that was a very close split decision that I can't remember who she fought. Um, oh, that was her last fight when she came back. Yeah. Got it. Felice? No, 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 sure different, no. different. Um, <clears throat> but no, look who she fought. She fought Jessica Andrade, Michelle Waterson. I mean, she fought. Yep. She's those losses Alexa are to Grasso. people there. Alexa Grasso, who's the yeah. champ now. Like she's fought the who's who. Jan, who's fighting next for the title. Yep. I mean, like she lost to great fighters. So yep. no, no shame in that. <clears throat> um, I used to, I used to have a hard time pulling the trigger on the third. On the third shot, it would always be just be one, two, one, two, or, you know, right hand, left hook. But um, it's funny. I had a coach, not Javier, a different coach that was working with me on my boxing for a little bit. And he's like, even if you don't think you're going to land it in sparring, just throw it, throw it, throw it. And he's like, once you realize you've got to get past that. And once you, once I started to realize, just throw it almost every time I'd say nine out of 10 times that shot landed. And then that made me want to throw a four. You know, and then you get into the fifth, which gets a little nasty because now your opponent wants to retaliate. So you got to be careful with that <laughs> yeah. fifth. But got to watch what's one, coming back. That one, two, three, <clears throat> that third one almost almost always lands, especially in MMA, because they think after you throw the one, two, because the little gloves is that they can open up to start to counter, and then you throw the third and it sneaks in around the gloves or through the gloves and it lands clean. You've got to commit to throwing the three and start working on yep. committing to the, throwing the four. It's a mental thing. You have to make yourself oh, absolutely. Throw. You know, it's not just yeah. like, oh, I saw the opening and I missed it. No, you have to just go. Just go. So uh good for her though, back on the wind streak. Doing her thing. Yeah. Uh Gilbert Urbina. <clears throat> Gilbert Urbina against Orion Kos. That tell you what, Urbina. You know, his brothers all fought and everything. And uh well I'll tell you what, he's proving that he think he might be the best one out of the Urbina uh clan there. He looked really good. He was devastating with a lot of his shots, the knees, uh, the body shots. You're talking about body shots. and That's what put Orion away was the body shots. And mm. so Gilbert Urbina looked fantastic, in my opinion. I would agree with you. But, you know, I got to be honest, the fight that I was really excited to see was the Chase Hooper fight. Only because I wanted to see what he was going to do at lightweight. I was like, wait, yeah. you're going up? Up in weight. Yeah, and you're already not stronger than the 45-pounders. And so I'm like, oh, how is this going to translate? I don't know. I, it seemed like he had some good stuff. He's got cardio. But he's, oh, yeah. you know what he is? He's really young in his career. So there's no – it's hard for me to explain this. When I first started fighting – is I fought a little bit like the way he kind of fights his stand-up when my early, early career, like I would just walk forward and throw punches with really nothing behind him because I was so tired. 
Like it was more like just touch, touch, but I felt like I was landing big shots when in reality you go back and watch and you're like, yeah, those weren't big shots. <laughs> those, those were, I never had power to begin with, so they weren't hard. But as you get to the upper levels, you realize you have to start sitting down on your shots, really picking and choosing your targets and when to open up and throw the three and the four. He was just coming forward and against guys like Nick, how do you say his name? Fiore. Once against guys Fiore, like him, yeah. you, can, you can get away with that. But if Chase is going to start making his way up the rankings a little bit here, you get into that top 15, you're going to have to sit down on your punches, really get behind him. Right now, he's just winging them. Not a lot of power behind him, just hoping to touch you from distance. And he's going to have to remedy that here pretty soon. He's going to have to sit down, throw the hard shots. Even if you're going to do... get the win. Yeah, he did. No, he did. I know. And I sound like I'm bagging on him, man. He, I thought he did great. For lightweight... <laughs> It sounds like I'm bagging on him, but no, I was really impressed going up in weight and he's starting to fill out his body a little bit. He's still young, really young, but, um, being able to utilize his, his style of boxing, which he does, I think he's going to have to start kind of maybe starting to follow the Nick Diaz and Nate Diaz style, slap you from distance. As you get closer, sit down and throw hard. And then as you, as you rock them or you don't rock them, slap a little bit more, you know, touch, 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 and now sit down and throw hard. So oh, you're always thinking, okay, those weren't hard. I can open up. Now, boom, boom, he lands a big shot. So he's going to have to work on that. There's no doubt he's he's a scrambler on the ground. He's got good. He's got pretty damn good jiu-jitsu. The physical strength is somewhat of a problem for him. He needs to work on that, building his strength and conditioning. But like yep. I said, he's still young. He's got a lot of room to grow. Uh, the future is bright for him. I would have liked to, him to step away from the from the UFC for a little bit, maybe get a couple fights outside. Yeah. You know, or have a conversation with the UFC and say, but "Hey, he doesn't want that. I need a little bit more. I need, can I get more fights like this? You know, um, where the opponents are not. I'm not handpicking them, but I want I want more time to build myself. You know, and I think they would probably understand because he he's definitely marketable. Yeah, absolutely. Twenty three years of age. He's, he's got a he's got a a long future ahead of him, but he can't be. You can't take beatings now when no. you're young. Mm-mm. Anything else here on you want to talk about? Not nah, good. Okay. Well, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk. And then now we're going to get into this uh, Devin Haney versus Lomachenko. Before we do that, we're going to go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne. And Dave, I sent you over something yesterday. And I said that we should have this conversation. There is a huge um, discrepancy and apparently there's this thing going around saying there's a huge discrepancy in pay for women in like-minded jobs. And I'm pretty upset because I feel very much so the same. That men are just not paid the same on OnlyFans I as women. I feel that you, Josh Thompson, <laughs> yes. should be able to make as much as Paige Van Zant on OnlyFans. Absolutely. You were a great MMA fighter. She's an MMA fighter. Yeah. You guys match up well as far as, you know, that stuff. You're both just... Well, Knockout. I'm, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm sexy. She's now. sexy as hell. Okay. You. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, it should only be right that you as a man should be able to make as much money as her. I, I feel like she should pay her fair share for me. I should get go. I should get a percentage of that. Okay. Yeah, I think you're wrong. <clears throat> I want I want equal rights for on OnlyFans. That's what I want. Not equal rights. You want equity. I want equity. Yeah, I'll take that too. Equal outcome. <laughs> equal outcome. That's Dave's. Dave did a job today. Equal outcome. That's what I want. Um. No. 
Uh, he wants equal income. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is true. Oh, man. If I had a fraction of what that girl's making on, on OnlyFans. Jeez. She's crushing it. Um, all right. Well, hey, uh, go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. It's free. We take fan questions over there. Uh, John and I are leaving tomorrow to work with uh, the USO and the military over at Fort Bragg. And we're going to be there hanging out, uh, you know, doing some combatives, kind of, you know, doing some shooting, doing some other stuff with the military and kind of hanging out with them and uh, teaching some combatives. That'd be nice. And uh, just get to hang out, man. That's we're going to have a good time. So there'll be some uh, extra content we'll be sending over to Dave to get up on our OnlyFans. So that'll be only available on OnlyFans. So I'm just uh, hoping you feel a little better so you're not on a plane living in the bathroom. Well, Dave, you got something like this, right? Because I had the pulled pork tacos, and you and I think that's what it was. You had you had some food poisoning. What two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? No, it was probably like a month or so at this point. And we were supposed to film, remember? And uh, and the only reason the only reason I did not cancel filming is because John was mad at me that day, and I was like, (laughs) I was like, if I if I if I cancel filming, John's gonna think it's because he's mad at me. John was mad at me, really? Yeah, you. I'm telling you, man. John John has like that that dad yell through text. I don't know what it is, but you can tell when he's, you know, he's, he's not happy about something just through text. I'm like, yeah, we should probably get this thing going. Cause I know well, when sometimes I, I, sometimes I say, John, I mean his household. But, uh. <laughs> oh no. We're getting texts from Miss McCarthy. It's like being oh, disciplined. Man. Oh okay. man. But I, I swear when I woke up this morning and I text you guys, I'm like, I'm not filming it at 6am. And I was waiting for okay, a reply back. And what was my response since I was up, ready to go? What was my response? I didn't see it until later because I fell asleep. I was, <laughs> I literally like, <laughs> I sent the text and just, I, I didn't care what you guys said because I just knocked out. Hold on, I'm looking. And I woke back up. It was, it was horrible, man. It was horrible. <laughs> I mean, I'm still feeling it right now. Like I'm afraid to burp because I'm afraid I might throw up and I'm definitely not letting a, a little toot out because you don't know what's going to come out. <laughs> It could be a waterfall. Oh man, I was telling John, dude. John, was I telling you off air? I think John. I was like, you know, when you've gone to the bathroom so much, it like it kind of hurts to to wipe. (laughs) You got to use a baby wipe because it's soft. Oh man! All right, right. this is how this how mean I am. You say I can't hold anything down. Hey, okay. Hope you feel better. Oh boy, I'm I'm a mean guy. Yeah, (laughs) that's one of those rare texts that I get from you. (laughs) <laughs> oh man i was waiting for miss mccarthy to yell at me because i knew that there was a text coming in the afternoon like what time are you guys filming and i was like i hope she's not mad at me man like i reply i was like i need a couple more hours i want to try to get some sleep <clears throat> and i was waiting for her to be like well hurry up then i was like oh no she was, she's like no as long as you're feeling okay i was like Whew. she was nice to me today oh all right just one of us you pissed off <laughs> Let's get into De- Devin Haney versus uh, Lomachenko. Vasily Lomachenko. Ah, John. Now look, the term <sighs> the ahead. term robbery gets thrown around way too much, and I've said yeah. we've said this. I've said this for I don't know how many. And the term goat. Those are the two most used terms um, ever uh, when In it comes to combat fashion. sports. Yeah, it's. Yeah. But I thought it was pretty clear cut that Loma won the fight. <clears throat> And the reason why I'm going to say that, and I'm not going to go round by round, but the reason I'm going to say that is I saw this breakdown earlier today too, and, and a couple of people were posting it. 
Lomachenko outstruck Devin Haney by 564 strikes to 404 or 405 overall. Loma has also dominated the latter championship rounds. Whoa, okay, Ow. hold on. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Let's let's go let's go line by line here. Because okay. you're saying that Lomachenko threw 564. And, and yeah. what did Devin Haney? 405. Okay. And you know the Here's your here's your problem with it. It doesn't matter how many you throw, yeah. it's how many you land. We had this conversation. Yep. Okay. So um he threw more dominant, but he also dominated the latter rounds, which is the championship rounds. So he outpunched Haney 124 to 110. Um Moretti, I think, was the judge who who scored it for Haney winning the tenth round. Dave I Murray. think when you go back and look at the tenth round, I think it was a kind of a clear cut that I think Loma won that round. So that ultimately is what decided the fight. It, it's not a robbery. But, but again, a lot of here's people the get... problem. Here's the problem. Dave Moretti's been a freaking boxing official judge forever, done all the big fights. And and there's times that, you know, I've argued with him about how did, how did you score that? And he'll go back and look and say, yeah, I screwed that up. He's actually a great guy as far as knowing the sport and being good with it. But he's got he's got one angle mm-hmm. he's looking at the fight from. And he doesn't see everything that you see with all those cameras that you're watching from. So sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, he puts that score down because he only saw the clean shots of one fighter where he didn't see the clean shots of the other fighter. And that can be the difference. Yeah. I thought the movement, I, I didn't think, I thought that Haney was going to be the faster, the longer, like he would utilize that a lot better. Loma did a great job. Cause I, we had talked last week. I said, Loma slowed down a little bit, just enough. To where bit, I think yeah. Haney was gonna I thought Haney was gonna win this fight. And I, I didn't I didn't think he was gonna make it look easy, but I thought it would be an easier fight for him. But he really had a hard time with Loma's movement, slipping yes. underneath, landing the shots. I don't it was it was one of those fights where he was touching him enough to frustrate Haney. He was Loma was just touch, touch, boom. And they didn't have to be hard. He just had to get him off his game. Because Haney just couldn't get going, he couldn't get a rhythm to the to the fight that Loma was fighting, and that really had an effect on how he on how Haney was fighting. I just I looked at this fight as I watched round by round. I was like, is, "Do you think this is a, a big reason? Another reason why people are kind of starting to lose faith a little bit in boxing?" <clears throat> I w- let me answer a couple of your things. First, I thought the same thing. I thought Devin Haney would be faster and have. More length because Lomachenko, if you ever are near him, he's a pretty small guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, I don't know what they say as far as his height. He's five foot five, <laughs> if that. He's pretty small. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he's, he, he's unbelievable as far as he pivots off of his off of his front foot many times. Mm-hmm. He'll take a step and he'll he'll do that side pivot and he'll take it. Then he'll move his back foot again off it and he really takes people five seven. There's no fucking way he's five foot seven. <laughs> but you know, he uh he did give Haney a lot of problems. And I'm being honest, like, and I I kind of look at it this way. I wanted Lomachenko to win. I had Lomachenko win in one fifteen one thirteen. Mm-hmm. I was scoring the fight. And. Uh, but there's there's rounds that you can look at and you go, okay, I can see where someone can you know go the other way and stuff. 
I thought Lomachenko did the, the things. I think the body attack of Devin Haney is what the judges really focused on a lot because he was going to the body well. He was landing clean, hard shots to the body. Uh, I thought Lomachenko was going to the head more, landed some clean, hard shots up there too. He, you know, look at Devin Haney proved he's a tough dude because he took more shots in that fight than he has in his last 10 of course. with everybody else. So yeah. he took some hard shots and he you know, he kept firing back and stuff. I thought in the end that uh, Vasily won the fight, close fight, but it's not a robbery. No, and it wouldn't have been a robbery, you know, the other way around if it you know got, had gone to Lomachenko, you know, for for a Haney fan. But it is part of the problem of. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna put a. Those are two great fighters. Mm-hmm. They are great boxers. And I can take that fight and now compare it to the fight that happened at the apex down the street with two ladies in Angela Hill and Mackenzie Dern. Which one was more exciting? Well, we're I'm a little biased because I'm an MMA guy. <clears throat> so yeah, I don't, it, but just, <clears throat> I don't. I don't. Which like, one was more it exciting? Was, it was exciting, but that fight was also a little bit more one sided. So I'm gonna actually lean probably True. more towards the Loma fight. Where the fight was close, they had some good exchanges. He had Haney hurt a little bit, and Loma looked like he was throwing off his game in some exchanges as well from Haney. Um, <clears throat> the Dern and Hill fight was one-sided, but just to see how gritty that Hill was fighting out of positions, holding on to the bell went just so she could get back up and almost armbar and almost, you know, all of these things, that made that fight exciting. But when I look at which fight I would have would have probably watched more of, which was the Haney and Loma fight, because Loma, though, to me is... It's like watching sweetness run. It just was, oh, yeah. it's beautiful. No like doubt I'm about look, it. I'm looking at him going, damn, you're good. You know, but my problem is, and I've always had this problem, not just in, with boxing, but also too with MMA. It's the, I know the promotions don't have anything to do with it, but you almost can write the narrative that this is, we want the younger guys to win. And I don't, I don't know what it is, man. Like, it just seems like, you know, that. In this situation, this scenario, it should have been Loma's fight, and the younger fighter coming up got the nod. And uh, it's—I I don't know—that's this is how this is how conspiracy theories start, John. Just me yapping away about dumb shit like this. <laughs> this is how it all starts. It, know, was but, uh, it, yeah, it, was. it was a good fight. It was a good fight. It was. They were they were closely matched. They both had mm-hmm. their moments. Um, but I will I will say this: <sighs> they're both going to change. Uh, if they rematch this, I think I think you're going to see Lomachenko actually give Haney less respect, mm. punching power wise. I think Lomachenko realizes I can walk through a lot of his shots, mm-hmm. you know. And I think Haney is going to change up what he's going to do with Lomachenko. I always go with the younger guy in the rematch, mm. you know. Just usually. You know, their ability to change things and be better at it, especially if he won the first one. But, you know, I can see this fight happening again. But overall, I thought they both fought well. It was close. Yeah, if I'm Haney, I take the win and run. I pull a Mayweather. <laughs> I pull a Mayweather. Nope, I'm good. I got the yeah. W. I'm over it. I don't blame you. Yeah, if I'm Haney. But if I'm Loma, you know, like, hey, yeah, sure, I'm interested in it, but I'm not going to let it hold up the rest of my career. You know, <clears throat> the problem is that that was his... 
his chance to get all the straps, you know, and uh, even his own manager came out. Loma's manager came out and said, this is pretty much his last chance to be the undisputed champ again. So who knows? We'll see. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, if other fighters give him a chance because he, he's definitely fun to watch. And that's the problem. When oh you get an God. older fighter, they these promotions don't want to pay that amount of money for someone you don't know if he's going to be a draw anymore because he is getting older. He is slowing down. He is. But he's still he's fantastic to watch fight. It's It's so... It's it's amazing the way he cuts angles, the way he doesn't load up, the way he just touches you off making those cuts, slipping under, touch touch. As he's slipping, he's touching you. It's it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. It's 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 amazing to watch. Um, All right, let me ask you a question then, because I was yeah. watching I was I was watching a thing with Snoop Dogg with Mike Tyson, and he asked him a question: If you could bring back any fighter that you got to go watch him fight, who would it be? Um, boxing wise, I could go back and watch fight. You Pro could go and actually watch him live mm -hmm. fight. Who would it be? Oh man, probably Costa Zoo when he was younger. Costa Zoo, okay. Mm -hmm. Probably him. Um, he was just he had that style that I really liked. Just the guy who kind of walked forward, touch, touch, boom. Like he was, you know, and then I know when he got older, he fought Riggy Hatton in Manchester and it just kind of, and then he lost that. He never fought again after that fight. Yep. And uh, I think he quit on the stool, I think at round 10 or something like that. He stopped the fight and it was a close fight. He wasn't losing by, I don't know. It was no, close. He was losing, he was losing but he wasn't losing. Like he, the fight was still obtainable. And, um, but I just, I always wondered why there was never, body I never attack. read about what body attack. Yeah, but I know I. Yeah, he was. But I just I never. We, there was never like a full explanation afterwards. And I, I think everyone kind of thought he may fight again. He never fought again. Last fight yep. ever. Um, him and then. Um, and that was when he was the destroyer. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I. I mean, guys, probably before my time, like way before my time, you know, Jersey Joe Walcott, like just certain fighters. I I don't I don't never seen footage of, but. People talk about him like historically. You've never seen Jersey Joe no, Walcott fight? No, uh, really? No, uh, mm -mm. I used to watch all the old fighters and everything. So if I, if there was anyone that I could, and I met this person one time, but uh, Sugar Ray Robinson. Yeah, was, I was going to say him. And I've watched so many of his fights, but you talk about the best boxer there's ever been. Mm -hmm. That's that's the guy. Yeah, I would look Hands at, down. I would look Not at Not even him. close. And then I would probably want to see like Rocky Marciano. I'd never I'd never seen him fight. Rocky Marciano saw. was ugly to watch. Yeah. He did this crouching style and he would, you know, but he had power. But he was you, you figure Rocky Marciano, heavyweight champion of the world, he was 185 pounds. Yeah. That's some power though. That's oh, and yeah. he had a lot of grit. A lot of grit. Oh, yeah. That's in if you're gonna do if you're gonna be that, go ahead. He was fighting a guy named Ezard Charles, who was a fantastic fighter. Ezard Charles was the heavyweight champion for a while. Ezard Charles hit Rocky Marciano, and it split his nose straight down the middle here. Right? So it you know, was doing this flap out, and the, 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 the referee comes up and is going to stop the fight. And Rocky Marciano tells him, he says, you stop this fight, I'm going to fucking knock you out. Get out of my way. <laughs> he goes, I'm, I'll knock him out this round. And he did. Oh, but man. yeah, split straight down. Man. 
Rocky Marciano's a bad dude. I just threw up in my mouth thinking about that. You said like when it flaps <laughs> out, the, the nose would oh, yeah. split and it flaps yep, out. Yep, it split like, right down the middle. Oh, yep. That's disgusting. That's nice. Disgusting. I got hit with an uppercut one time. Like just grazed me. I don't remember, but yep. I think it was Mike Swick. <clears throat> and just grazed my nose. And it literally ripped my nose split right here. here. It split yep. like a st- perfect straight line right through the middle there. Oh, man. I had, And it was during the winter. So I had to blow my nose quite a bit. Oh, it was so painful. And that thing took forever to heal. I couldn't because I couldn't spar. I couldn't grapple. Every time it would rip again. I'm like, oh, it took probably about three weeks, maybe a little bit longer to heal up. I was so frustrated. Uh, I don't know. What about you? What other fighters would you, what boxers would you like to see come back? If I was, I, I Sugar Ray Robinson would be number one. The other guy that I loved, I just I just loved the way he fought was Alexis Arguello. Huh. Uh, Salvador Sanchez was another one that was you talk about one of the, the mm-hmm. most skilled boxers you could watch. There was a guy named Salvador Sanchez. He was so good. He died in a car crash. Mm. He was just unbelievable, but fun to watch as far as his skill set and stuff. But. I would Alexis Arguello. I loved watching him, and then I would definitely bring back Sugar Ray Robinson. I met Sugar Ray Robinson when I was a boot on the police department. My my partner What's a pulls boot? up in front Explain of. Explain to me what a boot is. It's a rookie. I mean okay. your first year, your first year on the job when you're first in the car, and he says he, he pulls up and he at this house and there's a there's this man sitting on the porch, old man. And he's just sitting there in a rocker. And he says, you know who that is? And I looked and I went, oh my God, that's Sugar Ray Robinson. And it was just before he died. Mm. And I actually went up and his wife came out. He had no idea about anything. Mm. He was, uh, he had pugilistia dementia or, mm. you know, Alzheimer's, whatever you want to say. And, uh, but his wife was really nice. And I, I just told her, I said, you know, I, I've watched a ton of his fights. And it's just, and he used to have this thing called the Sugar Ray Robinson Watts Summer Games. And this project thing. And I used to play in it all the time. And uh, hmm. that dude was unbelievable. He was, I think he was, I want to say he was 70, 72 wins before his first loss or something like Jeez. that. Jeez. And then insane. he went on a freaking another streak. Yeah. From that. So, <clears throat> it's insane to think how much history there is in boxing. And, um, but then just like, they went from all the best guys had to fight the best guys to now. It's like picking and choosing your opponents. It's oh yeah, it's horrible. Um, but I'm glad you've had guys like this, you know, with Haney and Loma, and then you had Garcia and Tank. Like you know, there's a couple fighters that are willing to take a chance. You know, I mean, yep. with Garcia and Tank, it was one of their O's is going to go. There's a lot at stake when you're fighting something like that. So, tip my hat to those ones that are willing to step up and take the chances. But you know, I had Loma winning the fight, but like I said, it's not a robbery. The- All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our talk uh, for this weekend's fights. Go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne In and go to WayneInMerch.com. Oh, oh. Before you do that, Katie Taylor oh. lost her first professional boxing match going up against Chantel Cameron. Majority decision, but most people looking at it said, yeah, Katie Taylor definitely lost that fight. I wasn't able to see it. I saw some replay, but hmm. wasn't able to see the whole thing, but... Uh, yeah, she'll she'll be back, but I'd love to see her go back against Amanda Serrano. I thought they had a great fight and stuff. So, well, I thought she lost game. that fight. 
I thought, so did I, I. I thought Amanda Serrano won that. I fight. thought Amanda Serrano beat her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. That's going to wrap up our talk uh, for this show. Go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne In. Go to WayneInMerch.com. Pick up some of our new shirts. John's wearing one right there. And um, I want to thank you guys for continuing to support us. And John, take us away, buddy. For everyone out there, I hope you enjoyed both the MMA and the boxing. We will see you.